2: The big guy strikes again. Yep, right now he's telling the country that millions of people will be forced to get vaccinated, which is kind of interesting, since he said this back in December, about a month before he became president.
0: No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. It's like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide.
2: Yeah, well, maybe it's just until the curve is flattened. uh, But Joe is saying that all employers with more than 100 workers are going to be forced to require vaccinations or test their employees every week or maybe multiple times a week. This could affect up to 100 million people. I mean, how is this constitutional? It includes 17 million people at health facilities that get federal Medicare or Medicaid. This, of course, is just one more reason why the federal government shouldn't be involved in um, anybody's health care and should stick to the business that it was intended for, you know, like uh, national defense, interstate commerce, courts, maybe catastrophic events. And we're going to be hearing a lot about how this is about keeping the children safe. And again... Nobody will ask anybody in power, including this idiot who's the president, what it is we are keeping kids safe from. They don't go to the hospital. They don't die from COVID. They get sick, maybe. Is getting sick dangerous all of a sudden? And the question now is how many sheep are there uh, living in the country right now and how many are going to go along with this? And it's not just about vaccines. Uh, Biden is also doubling uh, federal fines for airline passengers who refuse to wear masks on flights or to maintain a mask on federal property in accordance with the Center for Disease Control and Prevention guidelines. Um, Of course, those guidelines change every 20 minutes. So uh, how can the federal government constitutionally tell someone who's running a company that they have to force someone to get a shot? Where does it end? And will this insanity be applied to other issues like global warming? That's coming. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stick around. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty. Warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Is it
3: time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you the new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. For more information, visit inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's inspirationcruises.com or call 800-247-1899.
4: Right now, people are home with their pets more often, and I think especially with the shedding, they're more cognizant of what's going on and that it's an actual issue. Doll has got some skin issues. He gets really going and scratching. Excessive shedding, a lot of just scratching and itching.
3: Jiggy, scratching and itching and biting. On top of that, he was starting to get black buildup in his ears.
4: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E no. dot com.
3: I just heard the Dynavite commercial so many times that I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I ordered it and tried it and it worked.
4: We started Dynavite and in our first box, we noticed a difference, especially with the shedding.
3: Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching and he's an all-around happier dog.
4: We've got four dogs, all different ages, all different sizes, and they've all just responded really well to the Dynavite, and They all love it. We will be using Dynavite for life.
5: You won't believe how happy your dog will be.
4: We order our DynaVite from DynaVite.com. D I N O V I T E.com. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Whoa! Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avvo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.
2: The
0: John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Wow! Well, in case you missed it, the big guy, as we speak, is mandating the vaccine. He said he'd never mandate. And the federal government just got a little more power, which is what Democrats are always about. And COVID-19 was just what the doctor ordered. And now that they know what they can get away with, and they're still trying, even again as we speak, how long before they apply what they've learned to climate change? Dr. Patrick Moore of ecosense.me is a co-founder of Greenpeace, and I have a feeling he's seen this coming for a while. Patrick, thanks for being here.
5: Thanks for having me on, John. Yes, I've seen this coming for a long time.
2: So, um... What can we get? I mean, we just had a major uh, hurricane dump lots of rain and and cause lots of damage to the country. And Democrats everywhere were quick to blame it on climate change. I'm guessing you're not surprised by that either.
5: Well, they seem to forget that weather isn't the same as climate, for one thing. They've now got to blaming every single extreme weather event on climate change, when in fact climate change is the average over 30 years weather and so when you put this hurricane into the average, it actually comes out that hurricanes are declining slightly over the last 30 years, and that's just a fact, and there's been a lot worse ones, too, in the past. Uh, this one caused a lot of damage, but it didn't kill anywhere near as many people as Katrina did. It's a drop in the ocean compared to what it did, and, I mean, it, every every life that's lost in an extreme weather event is a serious thing for family and friends and, of course, for themselves. But you can't just blame that on climate change. And they're blaming everything on climate change now. And it's a complete farce. It's absolute nonsense that these things are caused by climate change. Climate change isn't like a thing. It's an average of the weather over 30 years. It's a number And the numbers are not getting worse in any category. In fact, for tornadoes, there's been an extreme drought of tornadoes this year in the United States. So they they just cherry pick the latest extreme weather somewhere in the world and say that it's definitely a climate emergency, which is complete nonsense. And what they want us to do to uh, avoid the climate emergency is to destroy the entire human civilization. They want us to end industrial activity and stop using fossil fuels. Well, that would be a great idea. That'd really make the world a better place. So they're just completely nuts as far as I'm concerned. There
2: you go. <laughs> they are nuts, but um, they are mainstream, aren't they?
5: Yeah, they are. And it's. I think this, the main decline in the United States has been in education and knowledge. You know, people are being told that There's white supremacists around every corner and under every bed. They're being told that the climate is destroying the world. They're being told that the COVID epidemic is the worst thing that's ever happened to the human race, which is far from the truth. Yes, it is a very serious problem. They're being told that China didn't do this on purpose, which is a lie. Of course they did with the approval and funding from the United States and fauci has been caught out lying on that a whole bunch of times, but there's senators in Congress and congressmen who know better and uh, th- th- but they're not getting through on the media like he is. He gets treated like some kind of angel when in fact he was complicit in the funding of this virus. There's no doubt about that. I mean it isn't even in question anymore and yet they're still denying it. So you know the climate change, the COVID, The idea that we should go net zero and end the use of fossil fuels, which would basically undermine the whole of human civilization, which depends on fossil fuels for 80% of its energy. And then these same people are against nuclear power, which has never killed a single person in the United States. And there's 96 reactors operating every day, producing clean energy 24-7 reliably. And yet they're against the only technology that could really take out a significant proportion of the fossil fuels we're using today, today, in particular to to produce nearly all the electricity. We could do that with nuclear, and right now we're producing the majority of our electricity with fossil fuels. So we're charging electric car with fossil fuel-produced electricity, which is ridiculous. I mean, if only they would look at the actual logic and science of the situation, they would realize there are ways to achieve some of the goals they are preaching, that they're totally on the wrong track.
2: What is it about science that gives the government power when the government starts getting involved with uh, expressing, I say government, it could be anybody, you know, a governor, a president, Uh, when, when governments start uh, having opinions about science based on uh, knowledge that that they don 't have it's just uh, i mean that, that, that's, it seems like uh, that that's such an easy way to manipulate people is to use science because you can you can kind of depend on other people 's ignorance and and willingness to accept your word on it because they assume they couldn't possibly know as much about it as you do
5: absolutely correct, John. The problem is they 're not using science. They're using the word science, and that makes people think they're actually talking about something scientific. Science is not a thing. Science is a process of investigation and discovery, and they don't seem to have a clue about what science actually is, and the real problem, though, is all this climate science, as they like to call it, guess who's funding it? They are. The politicians and their bureaucrats in the deep state are funding all of this so-called science, and they won't give them the money to do the research unless it proves that climate change is a disaster. So you got right off the bat, and they never talk about that, right? Whenever the science is, so-called science is reported in the media, they don't talk about who funded it. It was the government that funded it. And then the government uses the information that they get back from their pet scientists in order to scare us all to death and control us. That's the the basic root of it. And then the media and the activists have a megaphone so large that they blast it all over the world. And so this propaganda, as it is more properly called, not science, this propaganda is twisting the minds of people who do not have a deep scientific knowledge of this subject in order to have a deep scientific knowledge of the subject of climate and weather and the whole earth system and the history of the climate over millions of years, you have to make that your main focus in life. And if you're a working person who has a job six days a week or five days a week or whatever, uh, you can't have it. You don't have enough time to be as steeped in climate science and the history of the geology of the earth and all that stuff. A few people like myself who are free from being bossed around by anybody. I've never had a boss in my life. I've been an independent all my life. So therefore I can take an independent position on this and understand what exactly is happening where this bunch of key elites, the, the government people, elected officials, the scientists who they pay, the bureaucrats in the, in, in the deep state, the media, the Hollywood crowd, the billionaires, and the activists in Greenpeace and these other organizations who went over to propaganda and misinformation and fear campaigns a long time ago, which is why I left them when I did after 15 years of, of actually doing some good things, stopping nuclear weapons testing, ending the slaughter of 30,000 whales every year in the oceans, cleaning up the rivers of toxic dumping going on all around the world, and the air as well. So we did a lot of good work. But then we'd sort of, I guess, address all the low-hanging fruit, and there wasn't that much left to do. Because you look around the world, the air is pretty clean, the earth is pretty green, people are planting trees everywhere, we're putting CO2 into the atmosphere from burning fossil fuels and making cement, and it's causing plants and crops to grow faster than they have done for the last million years, and so things are actually improving in many ways, and people are being told instead that it's doom and gloom and the world is going to end any day now. Well, these doomsday predictors have never been right in the history of civilization, never once. They're batting zero for all of the apocalypse and end times and doomsday, end-of-the-world things they've been talking about all these years, and they've never been right. So why should we think they're right this time? That's I think I think a pretty good argument.
2: Well, I keep handy in my computer so that I can uh, find it right away. Uh, this is uh, from CEI.org, and it uh, was written in uh, uh, two years ago, 9-18-2019, almost exactly two years ago. And the headline is wrong again colon 50 years of failed echo apocalyptic uh, predictions and i am sure that if i ran all these things down that you'd be familiar with all of them famine forecasts yep. by 1975 um there's just one one right after another. Scientist predicts a new ice age by 21st century. That was in 1970. It goes back 50 years. And no matter how many, I, I I like to keep it handy because if I if I'm talking to somebody on Twitter or if I need it for the show here, I I just I just bring it out. And to, I don't need anything more than this. You just said it. It's they've been wrong about everything. And and just in the last a few days. Joe Biden was out there saying that uh, we only have so much time left. Uh, We're going to it's the planet is going to be is doomed if we don't change right now. And and people refuse to look at what's happened in the past and and uh, and have any skepticism about it.
5: That's right, John. You don't just have to go back 50 years. You can go back 10,000 years when some old bearded guy is standing on a box on a street corner with a sign saying the end is near. That's been going on forever. And these so-called prophets, they like to think they are, actually don't have a clue about what's going to happen in the future, and neither do any of us, because the world is so complicated and the climate is also so complicated that it's not possible to predict it with a computer like they pretend they can do. All we know is most of the trends are positive, there are less hungry people in the world today, even though the population has grown tremendously. There are more people with good health and living longer today. That is a fact. What other statistics do you want? We're, we're not getting all poisoned or anything. We can figure out how to make a vaccine for a terrible pandemic that was unleashed upon us on purpose by the Chinese and American collaboration to make this virus. And yet we can figure out a vaccine in a year in order to make us more immune to it and make it so that when people do get it, even if they've had the vaccine and they get it, it's nowhere near as serious and almost never does anybody die from it if they've been vaccinated. And I know that's a big controversy going on now. And this idea that we should force people to be vaccinated goes against the history of medical practice. The history of medicine is that no individual should be required to take any medication or medical treatment or surgery or needles or whatever unless they consent. It's called informed consent, and it's been the tradition in law and in practice that no one should have to take that with, without giving a permission to do it to them. And so now we are getting into this thing where they are threatening to make people into second-class citizens and bar them from all events. Why should the vaccinated people be scared of the unvaccinated people? The only bad thing that can happen is the vaccinated people get sick, and then they're immune after that if they survive, which most of them do. So the argument of, of purity is completely wrong in this case, that we should punish these people for not making what we think is the right decision to take the vaccine. I have both taken two shots of the Pfizer vaccine and had COVID and survived from it. So I'm like doubly protected from ever getting it again. But I do not agree with forcing people into taking any medical treatment without their consent. And that is the, the position that has been in place in this modern world for centuries, in fact. And now it's being broken by people using threats and barring people, they might as well put a tattoo on their forehead and make them, you know, like, I mean, it's just unbelievable that, that, that they have been able to get this much power that they can get away with this. In corporations and in government agencies and in unions and all the rest, so many of them are willingly abusing this authority that they have to punish people who've made a decision that they should be perfectly entitled to.
2: The uh, the health, we're talking to Dr. Patrick Moore of ecosense.me. Where else can people find your stuff, uh, Patrick?
5: Well, actually, the best place to look at what I'm talking about is on Twitter. It's ecosense now. Okay. E-C-O, E-E-C-O, sense as in sensible, and then now. Or if you just look up Patrick Moore uh, on on the Twitter, you'll eventually find one that's called ecosense now, and that's me. Okay. Um, My website, ecosense.me, has a lot of material on it, too. Most of it is archival. Uh, The best thing to do is to look for videos. I have a lot of videos out there. Most of them are on YouTube. There's some Prager University videos that are very good. So if you just Google my name, Patrick Moore. But right now, the main thing people should look for is my new book, Fake Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom, on Amazon in four different formats. It's available as an e-book an audio book, a paperback, and a hardcover book. So whatever your price range is and whatever you prefer in terms of uh, reading a a new book, it has well over a 1,000 positive reviews, uh, 95% positive, 4- and 5-star on Amazon. It's easy to read. It's in a conversational style. The very soon as you get into the introduction, you will realize that this is a book that you can read and understand about a very complicated subject. I've been talking about environment all my life through 15 years of Greenpeace and more than 30 years since then, and doing it in a way that the average person can understand the complications of it, because it is complicated. But if you speak to people with normal words without using the big science terms and explaining what words mean where you have to, it's not that difficult to explain this to people. And my book has 11 chapters, 11 different examples of fake catastrophes and fake doomsday predictions. And after you read it, it will change your whole mind if you have any worries about these things today because the polar bears are thriving, the coral reefs are healthy, the forest fires are caused by bad management, and there's way fewer of them now than there were back in the early 1900s when we didn't have knowledge or actually weren't really putting out fires much and weren't building houses in the middle of forest, like that Paradise uh, fire, the campfire at Paradise in California, that was a classic case of mismanagement. They built that community right in a coniferous pine forest, a mature forest right up next to the houses. You don't do that. First you cut all the trees down, or at least most of them, and leave a few nice ones scattered and put broadleaf trees and grass in. Make it look like Central Park. And then you won't have a fire coming up and burning all the houses and killing all those people.
2: Hey, hey Dr. Moore, I'm, I'm, I'm completely out of time. wish I had more time to talk to you about this. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you very much, John. Anytime. Okay, that's Dr. Patrick Moore, and we will be right back.
3: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden signing a new executive order to require vaccination for employees of the executive branch and contractors who do business with the federal government. No testing opt-out is expected to be included. The president will also address the latest rise in coronavirus cases later today. Former President Trump has endorsed a GOP primary challenger to face Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney.
6: In a move to punish Cheney, who is one of his most vocal critics, Trump is backing Wyoming attorney Harriet Hageman. His endorsement describes Cheney as a warmonger and disloyal Republican and praises Hageman as a candidate who is strong on crime, borders, and gun rights and who will fight for election integrity. The former president has already endorsed a number of Republicans challenging GOP incumbents who voted in favor of impeaching him in January. Greg Clugston, Washington.
3: This is SRN News.
5: One listener that stands out that I worked
7: with was this older couple that was interested in refinancing.
5: They reached out to a few different lenders and you know, their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores, and just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do, whether it's two, three, six months from now.
6: Our United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage. Corp, 25, Meadow Park, Grove, Meadow, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal or Corporate Animalist, number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah.
0: Jay Sekulow and crew, explain what we're leaving in Afghanistan. General Milley, he is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He is now uh, acknowledging that because the U.S. has left, won, there will likely be a civil war in Afghanistan. So we've left that behind for the people there after 20 years. And two, uh, that there will be a resurgence in terror organizations. Secular, live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1250
3: answer why doing it right roofing siding and remodeling as an owens corning roofing platinum preferred contractor it's simple it's in their name they're doing it right and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver call 724 new roof
6: Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Football is back, and so is tailgating. Whether it's Friday night lights, Saturday college, or pro Sundays, Solaire Portable Infrared Grills set up fast and heat up quickly. Only three minutes to searing hot temperatures, just like the big backyard Solaire's. The Solaire Grills will make you the master of the tailgater with the juiciest, most flavorful food in the parking lot. The fast grilling times leave you more time to talk up your team, and they cool down fast so you won't miss a minute of the game. The Solaire Anywhere and Solaire Everywhere Portable Infrared Grills are perfect for any grilling on the go, from picnics to camping, RVs to boating, but especially tailgating. And they're made in the USA with the confidence of a 100-year-old family business. Amaze your tailgating friends with Solaire Infrared Grills. Learn more about these fantastic grills at besthotgrill.com, that's besthotgrill.com,
7: We're barely moving on the Parkway East inbound from Edgewood-Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound again delays from Grand Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound delays from 885 to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On to the Parkway West inbound barely moving Poplar Street to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. It'll take you an extra five minutes to get through that. And on the Parkway West outbound is jam Poplar Street to Carnegie to take you an extra two minutes to get through there. I'm Ann Evans, and that's
6: a look at your traffic.
0: AM 1250, the answer
1: weather partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 53 partly sunny and pleasant tomorrow breezy in the afternoon we'll see a high of 71 clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 52 a delightful start to the weekend saturday with mostly sunny skies and a high of 77 sunday sunshine and patchy clouds a high 82 with your accuweather forecast i'm forecaster drew shannon
2: this is the John Steigerwald Show on AM
0: 1250 and FM
2: 92.5. The answer. Well, it'll be interesting to see how much cheerleading the media will be doing uh, for the big guy's latest edict on vaccines, which he just finished delivering here a few minutes ago especially after so many of them are probably feeling guilty about being a little too negative on Afghanistan. Jeffrey McCall is a, a professor of communications at DePaul University, media critic for FoxNews.com uh, and The Hill, and he joins us now. Always good to have you back, uh, Jeff. Thanks for coming on again.
7: You're welcome, John. Great to be with you.
2: So, uh, <laughs> I want to start with the, with was really an amazing story of a, few year, a few days ago. I'm guessing you've seen this and you're aware of this. Uh, the media's reaction to Joe Rogan, the, 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 the big time podcaster, uh, getting COVID. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine said he took a horse dewormer and said hospital emergency rooms were being overrun by other people trying to take the same drug. It's ivermectin. Uh, it wasn't true. Uh, It even had a phony picture on the cover of of, uh, Rolling Stone magazine, but most of the media picked it up and ran with it. And and, uh, as far as I know, some of them haven't even uh, retracted it.
7: Oh, yeah, and they don't care about retracting it because they just wanted to get the first shot out there anyway. You know, when I look back at this story, you know, regarding the ivermectin and Joe Rogan, it reminds me of the uh, British philosopher in the 20th century, G.K. Chesterton, used to complain about journalists as being conjurers, that they just make stuff up. And I'm thinking, this is a perfect example of the media serving as conjurers. They're just making this up. Uh, And it really shows a lack of respect for the audience. Even the audience that they normally have, the people who like Rolling Stone or MSNBC, it's showing a lack of respect for them because they're basically lying to them. And it really shows that these media people, these powerful folks in the media these days are looking down at the public, which I think is really bad. I mean, basically it's saying that they think their audience is stupid and that they are just tools to be worked. And that the sad thing is here is that's characteristic of what we see in the media in rogue nations or authoritarian regimes. And so this is really bad for our nation, that there is no shame in these journalistic organizations, that they number one make stuff up, and when they're caught on it, they don't correct it or see you know anything wrong with it. And I mean, it's sad to think that Rolling Stone, of all places, you know, which should have no journalistic credibility at all, is being a source for places like MSNBC and CNN. And I'm thinking, don't they have any more sense them- themselves than to be borrowing the, journal- the quote unquote journalism of Rolling Stone? but number two, if they are going to do that, to at least go out and do the independent reporting to verify themselves any of the information in Rolling Stone. Uh, and, you know, Rolling Stone is, is kind of off the rails as it is, but what little credibility they would have ever had certainly went away six or seven years ago when they falsely reported about that University of Virginia fraternity sexual assault story. So this is really bad, uh, and it, it, it continues a trend, of the establishment media to like, just make this stuff, look down their noses at us, because I mean, you know, for two and a half years, I mean, I'm not telling you anything. You don't know, or even your listeners, but we had Russian Trump collusion. We had bounty gate. We had the Covington Catholic high school kids, the Brett Kavanaugh, you know, Supreme court hearings, Michael Avenatti, no coverage of the Hunter Biden laptop last fall. And so this is just a continuing pattern of journalistic malfeasance and you know the media community wrings its hands and thinks god you know our credibility ratings are declining so fast and i'm thinking well here's why
2: uh, i have to say something here that has nothing to do with what we're talking about but you you threw out gk chesterton and i'm reminded my mother uh died almost exactly four years ago uh she was three months short of her 100th birthday and uh, uh, when she was about ninety six, I'm not kidding you, she was ninety six or ninety seven. Um, I got her a, a an iPad, and mm-hmm. and uh, and I she was able to use it and everything, and she was still mentally very sharp mentally. And I asked her, I said, "How do you like that uh, iPad?" She said, "Oh, it's great." She said she was finding the free books on there. She said. I'm reading G.K. Chesterton right now. I haven't. I never really got a chance to read a lot about him, so I'm. 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 really happy to be able to do that. She was 96 when she said that, so <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was pretty good. I had to a get wise woman,
7: a wise woman.
2: Yeah, I had to get that in there. Um, so meanwhile, um, uh, you're you're talking about the the way the media are are, able, are willing to uh, just take a story and run with it, and if it's a story that they uh, it, it, that puts the People that they don't like in the in the in the uh, light that they want them to be in, they will run with it. I've uh, been calling that um, wishful thinking journalism, uh, and there's a lot of that going on. That uh, you'll see a story, you're so happy that it goes along with what you think about Donald Trump. You know, so the Russian collusion thing, for example, that you just jump right in and go with it without really doing the the, the proper investigation. And that didn't used to be the case, did it? I mean, uh, oh. journalists didn't, just didn't do that.
7: Yeah, journalists had more pride back in the day where they really felt like they, were, they had a noble profession, that they were trying to live up to the standards of many years of professional expectations. And I think they also had more respect for their audience at that time because they felt compelled to try to do something for the good of the nation to kind of fulfill their First Amendment obligations uh, for a free press but that's all out the window and this wishful thinking journalism is you know that you've coined the phrase there i i think is exactly on target and it fits the joe rogan situation exactly because joe rogan is more of a libertarian his audience would be i would think it would be safe to say is generally right of center and, and huge, so we, by the way huge and, and huge Uh, And so when he gets COVID and is doing some unusual treatments, but from what I gather, I mean, I I, I don't know firsthand, but from what I've read, under the direction of a medical doctor, uh, but when he's taking different treatments that include ivermectin, um, then everybody wants to go crazy. And I'm thinking, okay, if this had been somebody on the left of center who has a relatively large audience, Stephen Colbert. This would not have happened, and Rolling Stone and MSNBC wouldn't have all been happy to jump up and down on that. And we're kind of seeing a similar thing here, ter- too, in terms of who, th- who is in the story affects how it's going to be covered. Because the Larry Elder thing this week in California, where he was heckled and had an egg thrown at him by a white person in a gorilla mask, of all things. Mm-hmm. You know, that story has just been almost totally ignored by the establishment media. You're not going to find that on the CBS Evening News, CNN barely mentioned it at all, and they're just not going with this at all. And you talk about wishful thinking journalism, okay, if the same incident that happened to Larry Elder had happened to a prominent Democrat black politician, you can bet that that would have been the lead story round the clock on CNN and on Good Morning America, and on the front page of the New York Times, and all those kinds of things, but the fact that it's Larry Elder, who is a Republican and right-of-center, and a conservative talk show host, by the way, um, means that, oh, this, we don't want to cover this, and this is, this is an error of omission, frankly, uh, and it also shows that they are looking to fulfill ideological agendas, not based on what the content of the news is, but what the content of the ideology that they're trying to push.
2: We're talking to Jeffrey McCall. He's a professor of communications at DePaul University. Um, yeah, you mentioned Larry Elder. Um, it, the the the, it, the idea that the media would ignore that story is just is so embarrassing. It should be embarrassing to them. But again, getting back to that, they just there's nothing that can embarrass them anymore. How how do they, I mean? You don't have to be a brilliant journalist to see the blatant difference in in the reaction to that story that because the guy's a Republican you would think that somebody at these outlets someone in, in authority would be embarrassed enough or would have the journalistic sense to say wait a minute this is a big deal uh, and they know- just they, they they're able to just ignore it and it doesn't even bother them
7: yeah, you know, the uh, former Secretary of Education in the Bush administration, Bill Bennett, once wrote a book called The Loss of Shame. Mm-hmm. And we see the loss of shame in the media profession today. And, you know, Larry, Larry Elder um, is an interesting guy. He's a bright guy. Uh, people don't have to agree with him. But if the, if the recall against Gavin Newsom in California is successful... Elder could well be the next governor, and I mean, I'm I'm not sure where the latest polls are on that, but Elder is amongst the leaders, certainly, uh, of the people who are uh, to be considered if the recall of Newsom is successful. And And the first black
2: governor of California. Pretty big
7: story. Which would be quite noteworthy. So it's not like Elder is a fringe guy who's on the city council of podunk, you know, Mississippi or something like that. He is an important guy, a national figure with a national audience, number one, uh, and he's kind of running against the grain as a minority Republican in a mostly Democrat state who is at least in the discussion that he could win. I'm not predicting he's going to win necessarily, but certainly crazier things have happened, and he's at least to be considered a major candidate in this process and that he is ignored... When hecklers are basically assaulting him, I mean, I know it's just an egg, but somebody threw something and somebody's hassling him, you know, wearing a costume, uh, which is just like pretty off the wall here. I mean, this is not just a guy standing on the sidewalk saying, I don't like your politics or something like this. This right. is somebody who is being disruptive um, and... Uh, that, that, that goes beyond, you know, s- civil discourse in political rhetoric for sure.
2: I think it was actually a woman who had the, the gorilla mask on. If, if I, I think, uh, uh, watching the video, I think it was a woman. And she took a, I think you're right on that. She took a swing at, I don't know if it was a bodyguard, uh, and off on a tangent again here for a second, I'm, I'm always wondering, you know, in this age of equality, uh, if you're a woman and you take a swing at somebody, do the rules uh, still apply that have applied for men for thousands of years? That if someone swings at you, that you swing back and you punch him in the face and knock them out. Is that because I think that's the way it works, or, or do women get a pass on that one?
7: Well, I don't know. That that's uh, interesting territory to go into. Uh, you know, <laughs> w- women have been seeking equality all over these last number of years, and yeah. you know, and I, I think there's a lot of good to be had there, but. Uh, I don't know about that in terms of uh, actual physical confrontations, but yeah. uh, you, you could tell the bodyguard was trying to exercise restraint and sure. back away, uh, if, if that was a bodyguard. But whoever was there intervening was certainly trying to uh, exercise some restraint and move away. But I mean, that should have even been part of the story. Is that Absolutely. somebody? Somebody here has taken a swing, and you've got video of it. So it's not right. like you have to like question. Oh, was there a swing? Yes, there was.
2: We're talking to uh, uh, Jeff McCall of DePaul University. He's a communications professor. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Jeff, the ratings for Joy Reid on CNN and Chris Hayes at MSNBC, they're in prime time, they're really in the toilet. They now have less than 100,000 people under 55 uh, watching their shows. How long can they get away with it? I mean, I think I've asked you about this before. Uh, It's just, having been in, in, in the media business all my life, and uh, especially as a, as a former TV guy, uh, I know that they look at the ratings every single morning to see how they did. You, yeah. And, and yep. when they see that kind of a trend, you're, you, if you are the person who, the sh, uh, on the show that is tanking, you're supposed to be nervous because you're not going to have a job for very long. Uh, you, you know, you got to do something to get the ratings up. Nobody uh, Apparently that doesn't apply anymore.
7: Well, and it's not like they haven't had plenty of promotion. I mean, MSNBC works very hard to try to promote those two shows. Um, And, you know, broadcasting is a results business. You've got to produce an audience and you've got to produce revenue. Uh, And advertisers are not going to want to advertise on shows if you can't get audiences, period, particularly uh, a below 50 audience where most of the presumable presumable, uh, buying power is. But, you know, this. You, you talk about uh, their declining ratings. It it brings to mind the old quote from Winston Churchill, who said, "No matter how great your plans are, at some point you have to look at the results." <laughs> and I would I would say to MSNBC, at some point you've got to look at the results here. And I must say, I think it would be easier for them to dispatch Hayes at this point than Joy Reid. Number one, he's been around longer and hasn't had enough of maybe a ch- he's had more of a chance to establish himself. But I think Joy Reid worked very hard to get this position, and MSNBC was so proud of itself that they put an African American woman in that position, that it would look very bad now if they turned their back on her without giving her a full every opportunity to be successful. But I must say, when you look at those two shows, uh, and and I I want to full disclosure here, I don't sit and watch those shows every night, but I do watch clips, and I have dropped in and out of those shows just to kind of be aware of what's going on there. They're pretty wild-eyed. I mean, they're they're really tainted. They're really strident. And I'm thinking even for people who are left of center, that might be a little much for them to try to watch and keep a straight face at times because it, it, it just seems like Hayes and Reed are both just angry most of the time, uh, and there's a point where angry just doesn't work. When you're trying to develop an audience, and uh, and and I just don't know how long they're going to be able to keep that going because you know the advertisers are are wanting some compensation for having bought ads on shows that can't even generate you know a hundred thousand viewers below fifty, and the overall ratings. Are not that good either. They're well below a million per night, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, just as a contrast, Tucker Carlson's probably around three million a night. Well, that's the okay. thing.
2: That's the thing, Jeff. Uh, I'm getting close to being out of time here. Um, I don't watch those shows much, if at all, either. I, I, you know, bits and pieces, and I do see clips. I don't think they're very good at TV. They're, they're not. They're not compelling as. They're just not good at doing TV. Um uh, Tucker Carlson, if you disagree with everything that he says, if you know anything about television and 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 how to perform on television, and I do, he's spectacularly good at doing television
7: yeah uh, he's he's he is articulate he's a good interviewer uh he's got a lot of different content, his show moves quickly um he he does get worked up from time to time, but there are yeah. moments that that he's lighter uh, and he's got a sense of humor, and he will laugh and smile once in a while. And this is interesting. Uh, a lot of Democrats watch Fox News in the evening. And it's not because they agree with Tucker Carlson necessarily, um, or Sean Hannity for that matter, but it's because they're interesting shows, and they're kind of interested to see what the other side thinks. Yeah. And so it's not surprising to me that you know Tucker Carlson can still get $3 million a night, when Chris Hayes is probably getting eight hundred thousand.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you used to have to be good to be on television, especially at the network level. And I just, I just don't think that uh, the, the just the actual talent is there for these people to to uh, deserve to be on tv now if you look like you're not very good at what you're doing but a lot of people are watching then that's fine but if you can't come through on either category you should be gone which i think i am because i'm out of time hey uh, <laughs> hey jeff always good to have you on and i'm sure we'll have you on again in a couple of weeks because there's always something going on here with the stinking media you bet thank you john all right we'll be right back
1: You're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors. Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages, included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffett forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KauffmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044. Or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA.
0: AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh. W223CS, Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre existing condition. Well, actually. SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. (laughs) What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to SelectQuote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010. Or go to SelectQuote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010. Or SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. The John Wall Show. AM 1250. The answer.
2: So, uh, a week from tomorrow at, uh, at, the, uh, at Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley, I will be with Kathy Emmons, who's the co-host of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Uh, heard weekdays from 4 to 6 on our sister station, W uh, on Word FM 101.5. Uh, we'll be there, and it's from uh, 6 to 8.30. We're going to be there with Joe Sweeney. Joe Sweeney was in Afghanistan within the last couple of weeks. He came home when they had the first evacuations out of there, uh, right before the 31st, a couple of days before that. And he spent a lot of time in Afghanistan as a contractor. He saw a lot of things going wrong with the evacuation He's going to talk about a lot of that stuff. Uh, Kathy and I will uh, do a panel discussion with him, and you are invited to come. You can get tickets now at theanswerpgh.com. I hope you uh, check that out. Um, And, it's uh, again, it's a week from tomorrow night. Tomorrow I have uh, on this very radio program, we're going to talk to Tom McMillan. He's the former vice president of communications with the Penguins a former sports writer. He just retired a few weeks ago. He wrote a book about flight 93 and uh, we will talk to him about that uh, tomorrow at uh, at 5:13. And also I'm going to have someone uh, we're going to talk to about the uh, uh, the school board up at Seneca Valley. Uh, there are four people running as write-in candidates. Because of the mask mandate, which is interesting considering that the president just came out about a half an hour ago an hour ago and said that he's going to encourage all governors to make all schools wear masks all the time. So we'll talk to the person, one of the people who's running as a write-in candidate there tomorrow. And uh, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. And Bye. <laughs>
0: John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.